Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down Dale Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet this. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Toggle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Toggle your balls. Womack style. Hello, everybody. Good day to you. Happy oh, happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday, everybody. Friday. I want to. I want to punch. I want to punch everyone. Fucking mangle these words. It's shit like that. It's Friday. Kiss my fucking balls. It's Friday. Shut up. Like, don't make me. I like. I already hate you for coming up. I, I, whoever came up with Friday, I hate you. And whoever keeps, uh, you know, whoever keeps perpetuating this nonsense, like we, you know. And by the way, you know, stop saying blessed all the time. Mmm. It's partly cloudy. Hashtag blessed. Fuck off. Stupid. You stupid. 
It's hashtag Friday, hashtag blessed. Oh, hashtag please let a garbage truck run over you. Hmm. Anyways, happy Friday, fuckheads. To those of you who, as I said, perpetuate this Friday and this hashtag blessed nonsense that's all over the place. I hate you. I hate everybody. Oh man, I was gonna start with something. And let's here's something that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, so I recorded uh, I recorded my first single this week. Um, as you know, I have uh, I've been told that I'm the songbird of my generation, voice of an angel, that kind of thing. So I thought you would like to hear it's you know it's hot it's it's October. Come on, man. Fucking crisp. It's crisp. It's crispy. The leaves. All that shit. The decorations. I love it. It's great. So I was really in the spirit and I thought I would I would step into the uh, recording studio. I, I you know, I paid a bunch of money to get some studio time uh, so I could record my first Halloween single. Um, and I'm like I'm super proud of it. Kids love it. It's it's a it's a big one. It's uh, this thing's this thing's gonna blow up, so here, let me let me play you uh, just a little early celebration. Of, of course, it's never too early to celebrate Halloween. Like you can start start celebrating Halloween on November first, like Nightmare Before Christmas. Let's start. Let's start prepping for the next Halloween, the day after Halloween. So a little, uh, but it, you know what's what's Halloween here? Two weeks away, three weeks, one, two, three, three weeks from yesterday's Halloween. So in the spirit of Halloween, I thought uh, I thought I'd, I'd go into the recording studio. Uh, plunked down a ton of money, and and I think what came out on the other end is really uh, it's really something special. And I'm like very serious. I'm really really proud of this. So let's take a listen to uh, the newest Halloween single that I think I think this this sucker is going to be a, a viral sensation. Not to not to toot my own horn, but uh, here it goes. And and it sounds. I'm playing this off of my phone into the microphone, so it's not going to sound as as professional as it would, you know, if, if I was just playing it directly into the, you know, transferring the file into the thing and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, it's just, but I think it still sounds great. So let's, let's just take a listen. I'm a Halloween pumpkin. I eat the pumpkins in my mouth. Halloween pumpkin. <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. Spooky time, Halloween pumpkins, oh, 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 after spooky pumpkin song. For Halloween. Right? Not bad. Not bad at all. So, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, you know... Trying to trying to spread this thing around, you know, get it uh, get it to go viral, and uh, you know, finally, uh, you know, as as everybody knows, it's been my life's passion and my life's work to be a professional recording artist, uh, you know, pop music, uh, that kind of thing, um, you know, the places where I really excel. So I think this is I think this is a really good start down that road. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the added effect of eating, I was, so I was eating, of course, you could hear me chewing because I thought that would really enhance the, uh, that would enhance the vocals of the song. 
um, and the, the the engineers in the studio felt the same way. So, uh, you know, I had the little, um, you know, the candy corn pumpkins, the Halloween Halloween pumpkins, uh, and so I was I was chewing them as I was as I was singing the song about eating the Halloween pumpkins. Um, so, you know, you're welcome. That's uh, that's that's the big news for me. That's that's the big uh, the big thing, the big project that I've been working on. And you can hear the uh, whoa, yeah, the phone ringing. Great, great. Uh, and you can hear the the uh, the fruits of my labor in that in that recording. I mean, that was let's see, one, two, three, four, seven, probably nine, maybe eleven or twelve years that I've been working on that song, and uh, and finally, you know, just put pen to paper. Uh, and then, and then just, just kind of plunk down the, the big bucks to go into the, into the professional recording studio, um, and just make this, make my dream become a reality. I'm so proud of this. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to play this one more time for you. I'm a Halloween pumpkin. I mean, that's good. I eat the pumpkins in my mouth. Mm. Halloween pumpkin. I think we've got something. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Spooky time. Halloween pumpkins. Oh, oh, oh. I the spooky pumpkin song. For Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. So I just, I thought I would make, uh, make this Friday extra special uh, by... By debuting the the new single called the Halloween Pumpkin, I'm a Halloween Pumpkin. I'm a Halloween Pumpkin in my mouth. I think it's the name of it. Halloween Pumpkins in my mouth. Eating Halloween Pumpkins in my mouth. It's it's, it's we're still working on the name. It, it might be all of those things. I'm the Halloween Pumpkin. Chomp 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 for Halloween. Halloween Pumpkin. Chomp 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 is the full name of the song. So that's uh, that's the big news, gang. That's what's that's what's going on here. So yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Ah, yeah, that's that's money. That's money right there. Magic, money, whatever you want to call it. It's it's everything. It's everything that uh, that Halloween and America stands for, really. And I'm just uh, I'm just proud to be part of it. Uh, so sure, I'm sure we'll have more Halloween fun as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Probably not though. I'm I'm pretty lazy when it comes to stuff like that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That might be the only Halloween thing that I do uh, for this whole month. It's, you know, this ain't a fucking Halloween podcast. You'll get what you get, and you'll you'll goddamn like it. So listen, let's switch gears. Oh man, I I sound I sound like a tired person. I am a tired person, perpetually just exhausted at all times. Uh, yeah, the last couple weeks really sucked ass. This week has been pretty pretty goddamn good, though. It sucked ass at the beginning, then it got good. Again, uh, very cryptic. I'm not going to get into any of the details behind any of this, but uh, yeah, life's, life's looking up, man. Life's looking up. Uh, and I will tell you one thing. Positivity had zero to do with it. Zero. Uh, hard work, preparation, uh, put, you know, putting in the hours. That had... A lot to do with it. Um, positivity had nothing to do with it. So, uh, so congrats to me on being a, a, a very hard-working son of a bitch who made shit happen. 
without the use of any positivity whatsoever. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and yeah, it's obviously, you know, it's fucking, it's career related. Things are, things are good, man. Things are good. Uh, speaking of which, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of looking online as of late on Indeed and those, those kinds of sites. And I get, you know, for years, I, I, any professional will tell you, you should always have the resume updated. No matter, I mean, when you, when you leave a job and you start a new job, you should, you know, update your resume to reflect the, the duties of the new job. And then as you, as you go along, obviously you're not going to have any accomplishments, uh, you know, on day one. Uh, but as you go along and you do things and you achieve things in your job, you put your, you put that on the resume. It's always updated because you just never know. So, mm, mm. so in addition to that, you you always kind of, at least in in my line of work, you need to uh, you need to always be kind of looking over the fence, seeing what's out there, and so therefore I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of emails. With you know, I, I search for things on Indeed when when I need to, and then I save my searches, and then I have Indeed email me similar search results. So every day or every week, get some search results saying you know here's some jobs we found in your area that have this and that and blah blah blah. And a lot of times they're very they're very relevant to my search. And then once in a while something comes along that just has no business being anywhere near me or anything that I'm looking for. Such a job, <laughs> such a job description came into my inbox just a couple of days ago, and it sounds like the greatest job ever. And by that I mean it sounds like the biggest piece of shit job ever. And I guess just because the word project management was in it, and that's probably the only reason that, that I can tell, I'm looking at it, that there can be no other reason why this job would have shown up in my email search auto thing from Indeed. But boy, am I glad it did. Because I'm going to read this job description to you, and then I'm going to read, uh, I did actually, I did actually, well, I didn't apply to this job, but uh, somebody did. And uh, I'm, I'll read you that in a sec too. So this, this job that came in, proofing-project-management-administrative-must-have-20 years experience. So it's it has the word project management in it, but it's, it's purely an administrative role. You know, administrative assistant. Once upon a time, we would have said secretary. We don't say that anymore. I don't know why secretary is so offensive, why administrative assistant is so much better. You know, we change these things that we think are like offensive, but like what is secretary, you know, when you're, when you're in, uh, when you're in office, you, you know, you're secretary of defense, secretary of state, the, what administrative assistant of defense. Anyway, whatever, fucking who cares? Administrative proofing project management must, must have 20 years experience. Company confidential sales, United States. So this company is so great that they don't even want you to know who they are in this, in this anonymous job posting. Uh, most jobs, you know the company when you're looking at the job. Like there's no, you know, unless it's something like super duper, you know, there's security related things. Uh, which in in that case that might it might not even be on Indeed. 
the jobs I apply for, they're on Indeed, and they tell you exactly what the company is, so you can kind of research things a little bit further. Because there's no real reason to hide the name of the company if you're posting a job that you want to fill with quality candidates, and they have every right to know. Uh, but you also have every right to be confidential if you'd like. Um, you know, if you're a fucking suck-ass company. So this company says, We are a unique consulting company that works with small businesses which have a desire to increase sales, develop a better brand, and create operational efficiencies. We have more than eight years of experience serving our customers. Wow, eight years. You want somebody with 20 years, you only have eight. And you want somebody with 20. Oh, by the way, you know what? Let's We'll get to the pay. We'll get to the pay in a sec. Because the pay is really, it's, it's, it's so good. It's like, the job description is so good. It's like, you should be paying me. You're, I should be paying you to take this job because it's just so good. Uh, so experience more than eight years serving. We have more than eight years experience serving our customers. You must, you must come to the table with precise skills. Minimal training will be provided. You must come to the table and care about the job, not just be looking for a paycheck. Because as you're about to find out, we don't really have one to give you. The position requires somebody with the ability to intensely concentrate with an eagle eye who can quality control their own work and keep their boss organized. So basically, it's some fucking imbecile who can't keep himself organized. He's just all over the map. Needs somebody to, to fix his shit, to clean up all his nonsense. Needs a Pam to his Michael. Pam Beasley to his Michael Scott. That's what that's what we're talking about. And also doesn't want to pay much of anything for this person. This position, <laughs> and you want somebody who just cares about the job, not looking for a paycheck. I don't know if they got the memo. Nobody cares about that. They want a paycheck. That's the only thing anyone cares about, you fucking idiot. Do you think if people didn't give up, if people didn't care about a fucking paycheck, they wouldn't have a job? They'd sit around all day. You know something? Uh, when looking for a job, it's not really the paycheck that matters. It's just how much I get to work and clean up somebody else's mess. I don't even care if you pay me. I just love the job so much. Oh, oh there's so much more. Not just looking for a paycheck. Yeah, great check because that's everybody Every, nobody's really looking for a paycheck money's overrated you know bills they practically pay themselves <sighs> the position requires somebody with the ability to intensely concentrate with an eagle eye who can quality control their own work and keep their boss organized i guess i already read that this position requires meticulous attention to detail and even one mistake will have a very large impact on many other people, and is not acceptable. They're already yelling at you. You don't even have an interview, and these fuckers are yelling at you in the job description. Perfection. Anything less is unacceptable. In a given week, there are, there are hundreds of opportunities to make mistakes in your work. Therefore, this position requires someone who strives for excellence doesn't make excuses and holds themselves accountable on the road towards perfection. They're literally, literally asking for perfection in the job description. 
This is a very fast-paced position with many projects going on at the same time on any given day. So if you're not comfortable multitasking and moving from job to job very quickly, this is not the job for you. You must have the ability to read through a piece of material and use common sense judgment as to whether the content is clear, logical, and easy to understand. You must also have the ability to perform ability to format documents into formal professional reports and forms for use by our staff and our clients. So that's cool. So you don't even it's not just fixing all the shit for your boss and for the other you know, assholes who don't know how to put together an email or a Word document. Uh, you also get to do this for the, for the clients, too. So that's that's really going to be fun. You get to be client-facing while uh, being asked for perfection and 20 years, of, 20 years of perfection. You will be supporting our clients and our staff members in various projects. The functions of the position include... And then... I can see why they're asking for perfection because it says the functions of the position include colon the successful applicant will colon nice one idiots <sighs> the successful af the functions of the project of the position include colon the successful applicant will colon be a fast learner and smart have complete command of the English language Create and modify customized documents. Have strong experience using Microsoft Word and Excel. So now you have to you have to do VLOOKUPs and IF statements and pivot tables. Not just perfect at reading shit and writing shit, but also you have to do like calculations in Excel. Have strong experience using Skype. Be willing to work during Eastern Standard Time hours. Uh, by the way, they didn't put a punctuation at the end of that bullet point or the Skype one. Uh, they have a period after after every other uh, bullet point, which to me, I think the semicolon is is best for these kinds of situations. It's not like you're putting a sentence. They're just little thoughts, little themes. Um, so yeah, you fucked up that one too. Not very perfect of you. Work during Eastern Standard Time hours. What does that even mean? I mean, like... Eastern Standard Time, but what what time Eastern? You must be willing to work eleven p.m. to seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like what time Eastern Standard Time? There are there are twenty four options in those hours. Manage a lot of appointments, track appointments using Google Calendar and other software tools. Be familiar with managing electronic documents and folders, both on your local PC and on cloud-based applications such as Dropbox and Google Drive. Provide excellent communication with care. You will be supporting our clients and our staff members in various projects. The functions of the position include proofreading other writers' work for grammar, content, punctuation, and spelling in both Word and PDF format, proofreading websites, producing PDFs, working in a quality control role, listening to MP3 file, God, listening to MP3 files that have been sent to you, and creating precise, 
emails from these files go to our clients and our staff members. These emails will express a certain tone, posture, and message. You will need to be able to take rough ideas and create a perfect email. A perfect email, I say, that will be sent out without having someone else read or proof it. Do you understand? You must be perfect in every possible way. So basically, uh, so some shitwad, the same fucking shitwad who probably has like empty coffee mugs and coffee ring stains on his desk and like old uh, McDonald's wrappers and papers and shit all over the place, wants you to come in, wipe his ass, clean his mess, and then in addition to proofreading all the documents and all the nonsense that they have internally and externally for clients, he's probably the kind of guy who sits there on probably, it's probably not even like a digital recorder, it's probably not even a phone, it's probably some old, old-timey recorder, it's probably a t- mini cassette tape recorder. And he dictates, you know, he's like fucking Twin Peaks. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> it's probably. I guarantee you, he's he's record. He's dictating into some kind of recording device, and then you need to take his garbled, mush mouth nonsense and translate it into perfection. A perfect email. That is the one of the requirements of this position, and it must be perfect. And I'm sure all of the. I'm sure all of these audio files that he sends, it's probably like, I need to schedule a meeting with John Patterson from accounting. We've got to talk about his account. I'm sure there's no, like, it's not like dictating, you know, like, uh, take a memo. Uh, I would like to schedule my departing flight for 4 p.m. on Friday out of LaGuardia, and it will need to connect in Dallas and then reach the final... It's probably nothing like that. It's probably just little ideas and things like, you know... Uh, Rainbow Stapler. Uh, we'll need some of those. Yeah, accounting. And then you have to, like, sit there with your little earbuds in and try to figure out what the fuck all these ideas are that that this asshole is, has just spewed into some recording device, and then you must... And then the email must express... You must create an email based on whatever bullshit, mush-mouth nonsense you get back from your boss, I'm sure. And then the emails, not only... Not only do you, do you repeat... Not only do you have to type up what has been <laughs> recorded into these MP3s, uh, but you have to make sure the emails express a certain tone, posture, and message. So not just the words being said, but much like jazz music, the words not being said, the notes not being played. You have to you have to capture all of that in a perfect email, error-free, that captures posture and tone and message. Fuck posture. Like, what the fuck does... I want them to know that I was sitting... On the toilet while I recorded this email dictation message, I was taking a giant dump, and the tone is anger. I want them to know without knowing that I was taking a shit and pretending that the toilet bowl was their mouth because I hate, I hate these clients so much 
But I don't want them to know that, but I do want them to know that without really knowing. And you need to perfectly capture my tone and my posture in the message. And the posture is hunched over, taking a shit in their mouth, metaphorically. But the tone is taking a shit, literally, on the toilet. You see, make it happen. So yeah, that sounds easy. Uh, you must have strong experience using Excel spreadsheets and Word documents. You'll create customized documents from template material, managing appointments and tracking scheduled appointments in Google Sheets and Google Calendar. You will need to interact with our staff members and clients on the phone and through email and provide exceptional support and care. Managing documents and folders in Google Drive, including sharing folders and files, setting restricting permissions, and organizing information on the drive. A strong phone presence is required. You will need to interact with many staff members and clients on the phone and through email on your boss's behalf, because I have determined that I, as your boss, don't really want to do much of anything anymore, so I want to pay you a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of my salary to do the work for me. That's the great thing about being the boss. The position... This position was start at two to four hours per day. So yeah, they really did a good job. Obviously, they do need a proofreader because basic things... This position was start at two to four hours per day. Okay. This position was start, or perhaps will start, at two to four hours per day. Monday through Friday. You must be available every Monday through Friday. You will be working and getting paid via the Upwork platform. The fuck does that? Oh, whatever. The position has the potential to increase in the number of hours. We have a team member who started off at five hours per week and now works, wait for it, 35 hours a week doing a similar role in our company. However, you are not required to increase your hours. We are looking for someone in this role who is consistent and we will guarantee the hours we agree upon Monday through Friday. During the interview process, you will be tested with a series of projects where you will be timed and graded. Upon completion of the interview... <laughs> timed and graded. Oh, my God. I, I probably should have already stated the salary. Uh, this is great, though. Just listen to... I mean, the requirements are, you know, completely reasonable for any role. Just totally reasonable. You will be tested upon completion of the interview process. You will be given a paid one-week trial. So after the interview process, you still don't have the job. You have the job with an asterisk. You have the job for one week where you have to come in for your two to four hours a day, uh, achieve perfection, maintain perfection, and then at the end of that week, then, and only then, Will you be given the role? If you decide to accept the role, we ask for a minimum of a 30-day notice if you decide to leave this position. 
What? A 30-day notice? That's that's reasonable, too. Eh, fuck two weeks. How about 30 days? I think that's fair. We've been told by our staff members that this is an excellent company to work for. That's... That's a... That's a surefire telltale sign that it is an excellent company to work for. They're doing the, uh, they're doing the, many, many people tell me, everyone's saying, everyone's saying it's a great company. This I can tell you, it's a great company to work for, believe me. We've been told by our staff members, (laughs) I mean, like, the fucking internet exists, you know that, right? Like, we, if you weren't confidential if you actually told us the name of your goddamn company we could go research and uh, and validate this claim by all these staff members we've been told many times by our staff members that this is an excellent company to work for immediately upon them telling us that we let them we unchained them from their desks and let them return for several hours to their family before coming back to work at 2 a.m. the next day We ensure that our staff members learn new things, and we have a unique model in the marketplace in regard to how we serve our clients. There is an opportunity to learn many things in this position, as well as the possibility to take on different roles. Please send a detailed email stating why you feel that you are the right candidate for this position, Also, please include any other relevant supporting documents you would like us to review, because we realize we are asking you to work in two separate shifts. What? Also, state in your email how these hours would fit into your current lifestyle and work style. What? Did I miss something? Where did it say two separate shifts? My God. What is this position? After the initial phone interview, you will be asked to submit three or four business references, as well as three or four personal references. Job type, full-time, part-time, experience, administrative, 10 years, proofing, 10 years, project management, 10 years, hours per week, 10 to 19, 20 to 29, 30 to 39. Whatever the fuck that means. And now and now for the salary. For all of this, for 20 years of perfection, for endless perfection expected on the job, for 97 business and personal references, uh, for a phone screen, and for being tested on, you will be given multiple projects to be tested on, and then and only then when you are hired... You still aren't hired because you need to work in the office for a week working on these projects, at which time you will be hired to work two to four hours a week, two separate shifts. <laughs> and that's it. Two separate shifts, and maybe you'll get some more. Uh, and the salary is... Are you ready for this more than generous salary? Because I am prepared to pay you 15 to $20 an hour. That's right. Barely more than minimum wage. And all we ask is for your soul and a blood oath. And two to four hours at various times during the day. 
You've got to be fucking kidding me. That's amazing. So that's it. So you get uh, 15 to 20 hours, which I was, um, I think I was making almost $15 an hour as the music department lead at Barnes & Noble. I think I was making like close to $12 an hour. Uh, it's not that hard to make 15 to $20 an hour unless you want to work at this job. Oh my God. Move to Norway. You can work at McDonald's and the minimum wage is about $20 an hour. Just move. If you're, if you're seriously considering this position, your life sucks and you should just move to Norway, move to Europe. Some, one of the European countries that has, you know, guaranteed leave and vacation and healthcare and benefits and just get a job at McDonald's. You'll get probably more than two to four hours a day and, uh, or a week or whatever the fuck they said, uh, your shifts will be all at the same time. And, uh, and you're going to get paid the same or possibly more. And, uh, yeah, you don't have to have 20 years experience. I've never seen a more rigorous, <laughs> more demanding job description. Uh, and I'm, I'm at, I'm at a level in my career where I'm certainly not entry level. Many of the jobs I apply to have project manager in their title because I've been a project manager and an analyst and all this other stuff and, you know, worked with the highest levels of the company here and there and this and that. Uh, yeah, this is, this is beyond anything I've ever seen. So I thought, well, shit, I have to apply to this job. I must. And then I thought, no, that's stupid. Uh, I am not going to be applying to this job. And then I thought, I know who should apply to this job. Cliff Womack. And then I even, even I developed, I don't know, some kind of like <clears throat> conscience or something. I, I, I'm not really sure, uh, but I thought that would be mean. So instead of Cliff Womack, uh, there's a, the name's going to sound similar, but there's no relation at all to, to either me or to Cliff. Um, but uh, with Clomac is actually the one who applied to this position. It's short for Winifred, uh, but they, you know, they call her Whiff, Whiff Clomac. Uh, so Whiff Clomac, which is the big Whiff 69 at, at gmail.com from Balzac, Pennsylvania. Uh, desired job title just happens to be proofing project management administrative with a confidential company only. Desired job type part-time, desired salary, $15 an hour. Uh, tell us more about yourself when you're available for an interview or phone screen. I can meet any time, day or night. I don't sleep and I don't take holidays. How many years of relevant experience? 20. Are you willing to undergo a background check? Yes. Uh, work experience. One job. Perfection consultant. The St. Lucie Spungos, Pizzle, Florida, March 1991 to June 2019. Uh, some of the descriptions of that job, demanding perfection, achieving perfection, zero errors, although errors is spelled E-R-R-O-R-R-S, uh, and then finally, absolute flawless of grammar. <laughs> Education. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? This is ridiculous. Education. Doctorate in perfection. Oral Roberts University. Uh, years attended August 1954 to May 1988. So a good, uh, only a good 34 years uh, taken to, to achieve this doctorate in perfection. Uh, <laughs> skills, perfection, 
Flawlessness. Hates money. Uh, let's see. What is this? Assessments. Oh, okay. So, so that's just a little bit of, of Wiff Clomax's um, resume. Let me add a certificate. Certificate of Perfection Completion or CPC. We'll add that one. So I added, uh, oops, where did it go? Certificates, certifications, licenses, uh, certificate of perfection completion or CPC, uh, licensed underwriter of monumental perfection or lump, uh, which says I'm a licensed perfectionist uh, and perfectionist is misspelled because it's just so fun. So yeah, so we've got, uh, got a fake, a completely fake account, the big whiff, <laughs> 669, <laughs> Jesus Christ, at gmail.com. Uh, and the big whiff, uh, whiff Clomac, applied to this position uh, with a pretty lengthy little cover letter. Uh, so let me read that. Good sirs or madams, or madams, it's spelled wrong either way. End your search now. Your ship has come in, and it has come fast. For I am not only licensed and certified, but have a PhD and over 20 years of industry experience in the business for which this position is most applicable. Yes, that's right. I am the most qualified candidate for this role. For starters, I have already identified several errors in the job posting. Parenthetically, I add use of period instead of semicolon, inconsistent punctuation, stating the functions of this position include the successful applicant will, and then stating the position will, was start at two to four hours per day, that I have no doubt were meticulously placed by one of your keen-eyed staff members as a test for perfection. And I'm here to tell you, I have not only, not only passed that test, but have done so with flying colors. As someone with a PhD from Oral Roberts, I'm here to tell you that the doctor has arrived. Soon all will be cured. Your prayers have been answered. First of all, I find that... I find that both the demand for perfection combined with the request for nearly a dozen references mixed with the exciting hours and more than generous pay scratch me right where I itch, and I'm itching bad for this job. Additionally, I have a strict rule where I only apply to positions where a rigorous screening and testing process is put in place and where I am given the job only after completing a week of work to prove that I've got the goods." Frankly, I think it's a bit odd that you would even pay someone for this week of work, considering all the ways they can boob it all up. I remember making 15 to $20 an hour when I was assistant manager at Dunkin' Donuts in the 90s, and felt it was a tad much. I mean, who am I, Bill Gates? But now that time and inflation have gone by, this is a most perfect and reasonable hourly rate. It's been my experience that sweet lady perfection does indeed exist, and she does indeed have a price. And that price, my good sirs and madams, is anywhere from 15 to $20 an hour on a part-time basis. And much like America runs on Duncan, I can tell that you are a company that runs on perfection, as you have flawlessly ascertained an hourly rate that is commensurate with perfection, as well as two decades of industry experience. I can't stress this enough. You will interview me. You will be dazzled by me. You will put me through the most rigorous and grueling tests known to man, and then you will hire me. 
Only a fool wouldn't, and based on the insanely reasonable expectation of absolute perfection at slightly above minimum wage listed in the job description, I'm not seeing any fools on your end of the table. I've literally never made a mistake in my life. Mistake is spelled incorrectly. And I don't intend to start now. However, you will be making a mistake if you let a dynamo like me slip through the cracks. But this doesn't seem like a team that makes mistakes, aside from all the ones I will correct once hired. It's gut-check time. Have you got what it takes? I know I do. Game, set, match. The ball is in your court. Let's round the bases together and slam-dunk this field goal. I look forward to providing you with my Rolodex of references and being put through as many demanding challenges as you can throw in my face. And as someone who has had a lot thrown in their face, I accept. My name is Winifred Clomack, but my friends call me Whiff. I look forward to working with you. P.S. I'm hired. When do I start? Yours in Christ, Whiff. So, and that's it. You've applied to this very reasonable position for the whopping and generous sum of 15 to $20 an hour for the, manage, the proofing project management administrative who must have 20 years of experience. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how we'll see how Whiff does. Hopefully, on next week's episode of the Birthday Boy Birthday Boy Podcast, we'll have a we'll have a nice update for Whiff on Whiff for Whiff, whatever the fuck. Oh, also, how many years of administrative experience do you have? Twenty. How many years of proofing experience do you have? Twenty, of course. How many years of project management experience? Twenty. One year for every dollar you're going to pay me. Continue. Are you authorized to work in the United States? Why, of course. I'm with Clomac. I can work anywhere. Background check. Are you available to interview or phone screen? Please list the two to three dates. I can meet any time, day or night. I don't sleep and I don't take holidays. There you go. So there it is. Uh, time to submit our good friend Whiff Clomac. See how Whiff does. Don't Whiff, Whiff. Boom, applied. Your application has been submitted. The confirmation will be sent to the big whiff 69. <laughs> uh, a highlight of any good podcast is the host laughing at his own material. Indeed, we'll send an application status within two weeks. Well, if the... If these assholes know what's good for them, they're going to... Uh, Whiff is going to hear some good news much, much, much sooner than two weeks from now. Oh, my phone's ringing. Could it be them? No. No, because there's uh, absolutely zero information uh, that would lead them to anyone but Whiff Clomac. The great Whiff Clomac, uh, PhD in perfection, certified perfectionist, uh, doesn't like to be paid... Likes to work hard, likes likes to have everything thrown right in their face. So, I see, I see a lot of good things happening for Whiff on this uh, on this role. Life changing, Whiff. Life changing. Okay, uh, I have to I have to uh, the magic of whatever this is. Uh, I have to run to the dentist. Who knows? Maybe there'll be stories from the dentist. Anyways, I have to run to the dentist, and then I'll come back with more on the Birthday Boy podcast. And it, it's going to seem like uh, I was only gone for a few seconds. Watch this.
Ah, and I'm back. It was as though I had never left. Although... <laughs> turns out, the dentist appointment is next Friday. Which is weird because I knew from the text from my dentist that the appointment was October 18th, which is next Friday. I also knew that today was not the 18th, that it was the 11th. And yet still, I flew out of the house to get to the dentist. And I walked into the dentist's office and said, Hey, I'm here for my dentist appointment. Name's Birthday Boy. She looked down and, and I said, And by the way, I'm sorry, I'm a couple minutes late. Sorry I'm late. And then she looked up and she said, Nope, you are not late. You're actually early by one week. And I just nodded at her and I said, Okay, I'll see you next week then. And then I said, later, Gator. It's all true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what a fucking idiot. Hightailed it on out of here, got over to the dentist, and uh, there's no dentist appointment today. Not for this birthday boy. So, oh yeah, so anyway, so we, we submitted uh, uh, whiff. <laughs> Our good friend Whiff Clomac was uh, submitted for this position that sounds like a really good role and a really reasonable... It's for people who love... It sounds like for people who love stress and working with assholes and doing a ton of work and not getting paid very much for it. If you like... If you hate money and you love misery, this really sounds like a pretty good pretty good role, the one that, uh, that Whiff... The big whiff sixty nine <laughs> applied to, so we'll see how that goes. I hope I hope they respond. It would be nice. It would be nice if whiff got a response. It would be nice for something good to happen to whiff once in a while. You know, whiff. I don't know. Whiff just never seems to be able to catch a break. So I'm I'm really hopeful that whiff whiff's ship is gonna come in. Holy mackerel! There's a lot of. Uh, you know, you get these interviews, you get these, you get these phone calls, like when there's, you know, sometimes a company has this urgent need for something and they just do these, I mean, they just, they contact every recruiter in the business, every, every city, they just, uh, this extensive search to find the perfect, the perfect candidate. And it's, that's also the funny thing is like all these, all these people, they want the perfect person. They want to pay him shit. And uh, and they won't settle for anything less. It's really it's pretty extraordinary to see some of the uh, as as somebody who briefly was a recruiter to see what people's expectations are is is pretty hilarious. So this so this pr admin project whatever it is that uh, Whiff Clomac applied to, uh, they've uh, they obviously you know they obviously know what they want and they have no uh, realistic. Uh, idea that they're not going to get uh, anything close to what they're looking for, but I don't, but you know what? What do I know? There's there's some idiots out there that would that would take on this ludicrous role, or or even even entertain the thought of like interviewing and going through a one week probation period. Boy, oh boy, there's some people somewhere between you know desperation and stupidity lies the candidate who's going to be just right for that position. 
and hopefully it's with Clomac. Because I mean, I think I think we've already established whiff whiff has the goods. Don't whiff on this opportunity to hire whiff. Oh, look at this. I got an email from Vivid Seats. <laughs> the subject is Fry Yay, Satter Yay, Sun Yay. All right. Well, I guess Vivid Seats has lost my business forever. So, yeah, you just lost any future possibilities of getting my Munyay uh, on Fry Yay or Satter Yay or Sun Yay or Munyay. Or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday, any yay of the week, I've decided I will not be using vivid seats. You fuckers, Fryay, kiss my ass! How dare you? How dare you, vivid seats? You're dead to me. I don't know that I really use them much to begin with, so I don't think it's really. I don't think it's a big loss for any of us. I've used them. I guess I've used them a few times. I've probably used them a bunch of times, actually. Now that I think of it, I've used them a bunch of times. But that's that's over. That's over. You dare use Fry Yay, and then on top of that, Satter Yay and Sun Yay. Well, you can fuck right off. Vivid seats. Man, oh man. All right. What else do I have to talk about? Is there anything else to talk about? I think I want to be done. Okay. With Clomac, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, all right. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, you know what? Oh, I have some notes here. When with with Clomac, I was actually when I was going to actually apply to the position as Cliff Womack, I was gonna write. I'm not only a genetic jackhammer, but I'm a professional jackhammer as well. What does that mean? Simple. I fill honey dips with my seed and perfect the documents that I read. Simple as that. Comprende? No, I wonder if Whiff Glomac gets called in for an interview, do I take it and then pretend to be Whiff Glomac? I mean, I think I have to follow this through, don't I? That could be one of the all-time classic interviews. I think... I think so. I think that could be a classic interview. And then I and then I record it for the Birthday Boy podcast. Yeah, nothing nothing bad could come of that. Oh man. Interviews. I'll tell you what, I'm not to toot my own uh knob. Not to toot my own wang. Uh I'm pretty pretty good at the interview these days. <clears throat> but that wasn't always the case. Uh you know, you get good at something by being shitty at it, and then, you know, you work hard to get better at it so you don't suck. I just, I was thinking back about some of the old, some of the interviews I went on. There was one, back in the retail, luckily most of these terrible interviews were in the retail days. Um, although there's there's some from recent memory. I, I, I used to be bad at knowing that it was a bad interview. I was also bad at knowing if it was a good interview. I could never tell. You know, I would have an interview and then I would have to call the recruiter and about how did it go? How did it go? And I would say, I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. Maybe great, maybe awful. Uh, maybe I got the job or maybe I'll never hear from them again. I don't know. I don't know. But now I know. Like, I know I know when things are going well and I know when they're not. And, uh, boy, I just was completely oblivious back in the day. I mean, even, even like five years ago, I remember I, ha I had an interview and, in fact, 
I went and uh, had this interview. Uh, it was, it was the interview with the same that same asshole who said, "Let me guess, you thought you were gonna be Steven Spielberg?" Yeah, it was that asshole. Um, even though she was a total bitch, she did pass me on to the next person, and I did interview for this role. <laughs> and uh, I just, I thought, I thought I knocked it out of the park. I thought this is it. This is it. They're they're gonna they're gonna oh, shut up. They're going to uh, they're gonna offer me something. They're gonna bring me in for the next round. They're gonna do something. This is this is just you know this this ball is really rolling so much so that I came back to my came back to work and the real Cliff was at his cubicle you know toggling his balls and doing that kind of thing that he would uh, that he was known to do sitting there with his fucking shoes off. That's actually that's that's legit, Cliff. Just come in, boy. Make yourself comfortable, Cliffy boy. Yeah, kick off your shoes. You know, you're you're at home in your living room and definitely not in a professional office environment with other people around you. So yeah, kick off, kick off the shoes. Let those let those dogs get some air. Let those barking dogs get some fresh air. So there's Cliffy with his little uh, you know his little feet, little socks, kicking around. And I came back and Cliffy said, "How'd it go?" And I did not answer Cliff with words. I simply pretended that I tossed a baseball up in the air and then swung a bat at the baseball. And then I cupped my hand over my eyes as though looking off into the distance, watching the baseball travel. <laughs> travel back, 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 and out of here. And, uh, yeah, and then I said, I, I knocked it out of the park, Cliffy boy. I knocked it out of the park. I'll see you later, asshole, because I'm out of here. That's it. That's This is going to happen, baby. I crushed it. I knocked it out of the fucking park, Cliff. And then uh, and then I proceeded to never hear from them again. So, yeah. But but nowadays, I know. I know if it is. I know if it isn't. And I'm, I'm right all the time. So, uh, but, but going way back to the retail days, back in the KB Toys days, I worked at KB Toys and I was thinking of, uh, thinking of jumping ship to a much lesser toy, toy shop (laughs) known as Noodle Kid Doodle. Noodle Kadoodle. Cause you know, why, why stop at uh, humiliating yourself by walking around with, you know, fucking KB Toys buttons and a polo shirt tucked into khaki pants looking like a clean-shaven asshole all day. Why Why end there when you can go, uh, you know, at a toy store that sells, like, co- some cool stuff and video games and cool toys? Why, why keep working at the toy store that sells cool toys with your friends when you can go work at a baby toy store called Noodle Kid Doodle? And so I went and had this Noodle Kid Doodle interview. The reason I went there is because I heard they paid, like, like eight or nine dollars an hour, and oddly enough, Noodle Cadoodle was not there very much longer. Maybe another few months. So, of course, KB Toys also not much longer than that. But you know, they had a good decade after I left them. Uh, Noodle Cadoodle was much more, uh, much more short-lived. So I went over to Noodle Cadoodle and I had this interview with this insane woman who talked about. I mean that's why that's why you can put job posts out there where you say like you you shouldn't care about pay so much as passion for the work and the care that you give 
and the attention to blah, blah, blah. Uh, because she proceeded to tell me, um, she talked about, you know, and I, obviously, you know, I'm hamming it up talking about how much I, I just love children and I love toys and it's my passion and I just want to work for the best toys, the best damn toy store there is. And that's Noodle Kid Noodle. And, uh, she, and she, you know, she really bought into it. She was like, ah, that's, that's just great. That's really just terrific. She said, you know. Every morning I come in here, and before I turn the lights off, I, but before before I turn the lights on, I I let myself in and I look around the store, and I just I just stare at this beautiful store, and I just take a deep breath and I soak it all in, and I'm it makes me so invigorated for the day ahead of helping customers and helping children find the toys that they love and. Working with families and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? It's a store. We're cashiers. We're all just, ca- I know they don't call it that anymore. We're just cashiers. We take the toys out of the tr- off the truck, out of boxes, and they put them on shelves. And then the fuckheads come in and they buy it. And we, we run the cash, cash register, which makes it so that they can pay us for the toys. And we can give them change and a bag and a receipt and all that stuff. That's, that's what we do. Let's not get too worked up about, uh, you know about our, our role in all of this. I love being the conduit between the perfect toy and that beautiful child. I love to be, I love to liaise between a, between a confused grandmother shopping for that perfect Christmas present and the, like, shut up, you're a cashier. We're all cashiers. I come in in the morning and I, before I even turn the lights on and it's dark and I look across this beautiful store and I think of all the toys and children and it's invigorating it fills me with zest and purpose zest for life and a purpose for existence a purpose for existence whatever Uh, like really because I come in and I think alright let's see eight hours of uh, cashing out these fuckheads and then I get to go home great my paycheck for today will be what, like thirty dollars? Yeah, awesome, great. I should pay for the gas to get here. But during this interview, she was asking me, you know, they throw these questions like, "When was a time? When was a time that you went against your manager's wishes for the good of the store?" I was like, "What?" And the answer was never. I'm like, I don't go against my manager's wishes, like. That's why they're the manager. They manage me, and I don't make enough money to really, like, think for myself. So, although, truth be told, uh, Johnny Boy was never really coachable or manageable. Eh, you know, I would do what was asked of me and told of me. I'm, uh, you know, I can follow directions. But, you know, I'd also kind of kind of just do whatever I wanted. I had a very strict policy when I worked at KB Toys that I wouldn't climb on the ladder. I'm like I don't I don't do I don't do the ladder stuff, climbing up on the top shelves where you know you, some of this overstock you would keep it up on the top shelf and then you'd have to get on the ladder and go, go pull it off and you know put it out and display it and all that shit, and I would I would uh, regularly just inform everybody like yeah I don't do ladders I'm not uh, the, I'm not your guy, and so a manager would ask me and then I would go find somebody else who would do ladders and uh, and get up and get those toys. I left that part out of the job interview, but I was, I was perplexed. A young 18 or 19 year old me was rather perplexed by this question of, from Noodle Cadoodle Management, 
of uh, give an example of when you went against your manager's wishes for the good of the company, the good of the store. And so I was like, well, shit. I mean, I should have just said, like, I have never done that. Uh, you know, that's that's the answer. I'm, uh, you know, the manager tells me what to do and I do it. But I, you know, and there's 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 things that they're looking for in that question. <laughs> um, it's an idiotic question, I think. But fair enough. Uh, so so I just started. I just uh, I just started making things up. I said, uh, well, there was this guy who needed me to open <laughs> to open the cash register because he needed his medicine. And he needed his medication, and he needed change for a one hundred dollar bill and. I, under no circumstances was I to open the cash register for any reason other than a paid transaction. Uh, and my manager sp specifically told me, don't open the cash register for this man. And uh, as soon as my manager walked away, I opened the cash register and uh, and broke his hundred and gave him change so that he could go get his... I mean, none of it made sense. It wasn't even a real story. It was some guy, something like that happened, and it just didn't, like, why do you need, if you have $100, why do you need me to get changed so you can go buy medicine? Just pay with a $100 bill, stupid. Uh, so I told this woman uh, interviewing me at Noodle Kidoodle that, uh, yeah, my manager told me not to open the cash register, and then I did so I could help a man who I had never met, who was not even a customer in the store, get money for his meds. She goes, oh, so you, so you were helping... You're helping your fellow man. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. I, I went completely against my manager's wishes and store policy. I opened, I cracked open that cash register and made change for a hundred dollar bill. When do I start here at Noodle Cadoodle? Uh, so yeah, that was the last I ever heard from them. I had a really good uh, interview at uh, Eddie Bauer for some reason. I don't even know why. I, again, I heard that they paid like a ton of money. You know, like, I heard they paid, like, $10 an hour to work at Eddie Bauer. And I went in, I was interviewing with this complete imbecile. Just a useless human being. And, uh, you know, asking me, you know, just, I don't even remember the questions, but I remember thinking, like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, we're just, it's a fucking store. We're going to sell some clothes, and I'm going to work the cash register, and then, like, clean up the clothes, and, like, do I know how to fold clothes? Do I know how to work a cash register? That should be... There's the two interview questions, but it was like, tell me a time. Where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, well, obviously working here at Eddie Bauer. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to say? Like, who walks into like any of these stores with a fucking five-year plan? I, do I look like the kind of guy at that time who had a five-year plan? I'm working in a toy store, applying to work in a clothing store. And I know jack shit about clothing, and I don't care. I just... Like, well, my five-year plan, uh, well, I'd like to become the CFO of Eddie Bauer. So then part of the interview process was that I had to go out on the floor and help customers. And unlike this uh, this Whiff Clomac thing, uh, obviously didn't get paid for it. It was just, you know, five minutes of like, okay, now go out and show me what you've got. Go help the customer. And I'm like, that's, but I don't work here. I can't, like you understand that's not going to be the same as me working here. If I worked here, I'm going to be a little more like, yeah, let's go help the customer. I don't work here. You're asking me to have, like, what am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And then if the customer needs help, what am I supposed to say? Oh yeah, I I know nothing about this store. Let me let me find that pair of slacks for you. I don't actually work here. Let me let me help you. Hey, I can ring. That's what I should have done. 
I should have been like, hey, if you're all set, I can ring you out of this register. And just walked up to the cash register. You want me to work here for free, fuckface? Yeah, put me on the register. I never heard from... Oh, I did hear... I actually got a... I think I got a rejection in the mail that I was... Uh, I would not... They found another candidate for this highly prestigious role of folding pants and working a cash register at a fucking clothing store. Evidently, my... My on-the-job... <laughs> evidently, my working interview uh, didn't impress... Which is strange, again, because I had never worked at the store and didn't technically work at the store and was expected to go up and help customers. And, you know, it didn't go that well. And what, what am I supposed to say? I went up to a customer like, are you finding everything okay? Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, just let me know if you need anything and I'd be happy to help. And I look back at the woman. I'm like, what the fuck else do you want me to do? And she's like nodding like, yes, 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 show me more. So I'm just like walking up and, the, you know, there's two people in the store. It was the middle of like a Tuesday. So I'm like, hey, uh, hi, uh, can I help you find anything? Nope, I'm just looking, thanks. Okay. And then I look, I'm like, that's it. Those are the two customers. What else do you want me to do? And she's like, okay, we'll, we'll be in touch. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you will. So they sent me a rejection, a little postcard, which I thought was nice. I didn't really have to do that. Um, and then, of course, I wrote back to them. And uh, it was similar to uh, similar to Whiff Clomax's letter, although it was like there was no the sarcasm wasn't evident. I really, you know, I just repeated. I said, "Boy, I was really, uh, I was really looking forward to working with you. It seems like such a great team and a great product and a great store. And I'm so passionate about Eddie Bauer. And I uh, I hope that we can work together again someday. And that the reason I wrote that one was because my my dad, I had written a very sarcastic one, and it said something like, I apologize if my folding pants skills didn't live up to your lofty expectations of a $9 an hour cash cashier's job. I'm sorry if you were unimpressed uh, by the way in which I helped your customers, considering I don't actually work for the store. Uh, I will continue to work. I have decided to drop out of college so that I can focus entirely on folding pants and shirts and putting boots on shelves properly and helping people find pants and shirts. And then, you know, it just went on and on. It was this whole really super sarcastic. And then, and then my dad is like, you know, if they see that, they're going to know for sure that they made the right choice in not hiring you because they know that they passed up on an asshole. I said, yeah, okay. Fair enough. That's a valid, that's valid. So then I wrote a legitimate, like, I really, truly am sorry that we couldn't come to an agreement. I was so looking forward to working for many, many years to come at the Eddie Bauer store with these crappy clothes that assholes wear. And uh, I, I truly hope that I can someday come back for another interview and that we can work together in the future because I know I would be a great fit for the team. And so was this whole thing. But, you know, now that it's been like, I don't know, 20 years since that happened, I really wish I had sent the smart-ass one. Just, so what? Yeah, you're right. You, you fucking shouldn't have hired me because I hate clothes and I really hate your shitty clothes. Because, you know, oh, cool, a short-sleeve button-down flannel shirt. Nothing, nothing screams uh, cool dude like that shit. Oh, and I get a discount on these fucking awesome clothes? Wow, cool, great. Um, so yeah, I was never going to go work to Eddie Bauer. I didn't want to in the first place. I heard they paid $10 an hour. So I thought, yeah, let's try it. 
And uh, and so I really wish I had sent the, the smart-ass response. Oh, well. Yeah, so uh, swing and a miss there on Noodle Kid Doodle and Eddie Bauer. Uh, and then probably the worst one was my... I interviewed for a Disney internship after I finished my MBA. Uh, yeah, I finished my MBA and found a Disney internship. And it was more kind of for like undergrads, but they, they liked... They liked the cut of my jib, so they they brought me in and had like this big phone interview with like a panel, you know, because phone interviews, uh, pa- panel interviews work best on the phone. So that that was good. It was like five or six people on the phone. They all sounded exactly the same. I didn't know who was who. Uh, and then because I'm also not like a really smart guy back then, I took the interview on my cell phone, sitting in my car in a parking lot. And I forgot to turn the radio completely down, so I still, like... So they were probably hearing, in addition to, like, shitty cell phone reception, they were hearing, like, the radio... I had, like, talk radio on, like, sports talk radio or something. So they were probably hearing that in the background, which is, like, super-duper professional. And uh, I was completely unprepared. Just didn't prepare at all. I just thought, like, I have my MBA, and these other assholes only have their undergrad degrees well of course i'm going to get this internship and uh so yeah i proceeded to just bomb on every fucking question i just oh boy i think that was that was when i said okay i gotta fucking like get good at interviewing because i suck that was that was a disaster and uh also i didn't know it was a disaster because again i was so stupid i couldn't read the room and i finished the call and i said all right Looks like I'll be heading out to Anaheim, California to start my Disney internship in January. <laughs> and then they called a week later and said, yeah, there's no way that's happening. You suck. Goodbye. But I, on this, on this Disney interview, you know, I had prepared things like, you know, I was, you know, talking like, you know, you're supposed to you know, prepare questions for the interviewee, the interviewer. And, uh, you prepare questions like, you know, job-related questions. Like, where uh, where would this role, you know, why is this position open? Uh, what are the expectations? 30, 60, 90 days, long-term. Uh, what are some real challenges in the department right now? And what kind of skill set are you looking for to, to help, you know, close those gaps? Just any, you know, do you have any uh, any hesitations about my skills or my background or anything that's that I wasn't clear on that may give you hesitation to bring me in for this position? There's so many questions to ask. Well, all I knew was that you should ask questions on an interview, so I had a list of questions like, <laughs> what's your favorite Disney character? What do you like most about the part? It's just like, oh my god. I want to go back to 2003 whatever that was, five, six, and just punch my face into oblivion for being such a fucking unprepared simpleton. But that's what happens. You suck at something, and then you realize you suck at it, and then you get really good at it, and then you prepare and prepare and prepare and work really hard, and then, you know, and then it goes better the next time. And now I'm, you know, now I don't get, I I go and have interviews, I don't get nervous, you know, either either I'm right for the job or I'm not, and that's that. But back in the, back in 2006, I didn't know my head from my ass, 
and how to prepare for a real interview. Because all I knew was like how to interview for like jobs that involved me being a cashier. And as I just proved to you, I didn't really know how to interview that well for some of those either. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, oh man, did I really fucking strike out big time? Talk about whiff. I was, I was, that was the first, that was one of many whiff Clomax for me. I whiffed big time. Just tell me about a time that you faced a challenge from a customer, uh, and a manager wasn't available for you to, to help you out. And so I told this whole story about this, this old guy, Mr. Gilson, who was just an old, I think I maybe have talked about him on this show before. He was an old miserable prick. Uh, he had some kind of device in his pocket that would quack and he would go up to children and his pants would be quacking and he was, um, you know, he would smile at them, but like, it was one of those, like, he doesn't smile kind of smiles. So like when he would try to smile, you know, it was like the Grinch and like his face is like cracking and falling apart while he's smiling. Like, what is this? How do I get my mouth to move in this direction? So I was talking about this Gilson fucker, um, and he was just just an asshole to everybody. And this, but that's I didn't have any background. I just said like, oh yes, there's this customer, uh, and his name is Mister. Like giving his name. His name is Mister. Gilson, and uh, he comes in and he's mean to all the employees. And one time I was by myself and he was being mean, and I told him, you can't be mean anymore. But he kept being mean, and then I said, that's it. You, you, I'm not, I am not cashing you out. You are, you need to go to a different cash register because I, you're being mean and I'm not going to do that. And that was, that was like my story of like a challenge at work. (laughs) Name a challenge, name a challenging scenario that there wasn't a manager around to help you out. And you had to, you had to think for yourself and make decisions. And I said, well, so I made the decision that I was not going to take money from a customer who I perceived was being mean. And I said, no, sir, you are not going to do that here. And then, and then my follow-up, my, my justification for that, or my, you know, uh, validation was, and the good news is a couple days later, he was banned from the store, not from anything relating to me, but, I think that proves that I was right in telling him that he should go away and not spend his money on my register. And then it was just silence, crickets, like, uh, oh, okay, thank you for that, John. Thank you for that response. That's an interesting story. And then I, and of course I'm telling the story. I'm like, yeah, it was an interesting story. It was a great story. It's a story that's going to get me hired. There was a customer who was mean and nobody liked him in the whole store and he was mean to the whole store. And then he came back and he wanted me to help him in the store. And I said, you're too mean and I'm not going to help you in this store. So you're going to go to someplace else and get help. And I'm not going to take your money because you're a mean old man and I don't like you. But then a couple days later, the manager banned him from the store forever. Except he came back like a week after that, but he was banned for a week because he was mean and he was mean to everybody, and so I was right. Okay, thank you for that answer. You're welcome. When do I start? <laughs> that was basically how it went. And I'm sure in between, in between, like during pauses while I was telling the story, they could probably hear, uh, you know, like the Mets game or the Yankees game or whatever was on the radio in the background while I was while I was having this fucking interview. Oh my god.
but then but then uh, was not shortly after that that I had an interview with someplace else, and it was a complete 180 because I realized, like, oh, my God. What happened was I got rejected from the Disney internship, and then I called the guy who... Uh, the guy who's, who I'd been working with to set up the interview. And uh, I just, I said, hey, what, uh, you know, sorry I didn't get the job. What what did I do wrong? Like, what what did you like? What didn't you like? I fucking, I called the son of a bitch in his office and just asked, like, hey, what, what, was, what was bad about it? What was good about it? And he told me, and I wrote it down. And I said, okay, that's, uh, that'll change next time. And I said, thanks for the feedback. I really appreciate it. Bye. And then the next interview, uh, I actually the next interview I actually did knock it out of the park because I took you know I fucking called somebody and said okay you didn't want me for the job why oh okay oh I wasn't clear I didn't give clear examples oh okay well I thought I did I was under the impression that I gave clear examples and you're saying I'm not so maybe I'm not hmm I'm gonna have to work on that and maybe uh, maybe really sit down and brainstorm some actual responses to give instead of just like, hey, I've got an MBA. I'm just going to walk right into this position like a fucking cock. Cocky asshole. So, yeah, so that's what I did. And uh, my interviews have gotten increasingly better over the years. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, there's some, some, of, my, some of my really legendarily bad, bad interviews in the past. I'm sure there's many others that I could think of if I really tried. Who knows? It's hard to say. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe with, maybe with Clomac can get some experience if in fact these, this anonymous confidential company calls her back. Hello, this is with Clomac. How y'all doing? I have a PhD in perfection. When do I start? That's right. With Clomac at your service. Do you have any funny interview stories? Email me at birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com and tell me those stories. I'll probably just ignore and delete your email. But I'm also lonely and just want somebody to send something to the email inbox. Yeah, fuck it. Send me something. Just you know, email birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Interview stories, anything you have. Eh, nah, you know, maybe don't do that. I, I know now it seems like I care about those stories, but I'm sure if they actually came in, I would say, oh, God, this is awful. <laughs> I remember one time I actually worked, I worked remotely, but I worked out of, uh, back when my good buddy Nate was, uh, before he had the all-star plumbing and heating, it was, he was with dual plumbing and heating and cooling. And, uh, he let me use his, his office to, uh, to set up my laptop and do work. And, uh, yeah. And back in those days, Dumas worked there too. And, uh, she had, she had received a resume from some young chap who was looking for employment and uh, I reviewed, just, just for fun, I reviewed the resume, and uh, I took a pen to it and just marked the shit out of it, Critic- criticized the whole thing. And then uh, I, was, I was standing in the back talking to Dumas about, like, boy, who does this guy think he is? Look at this resume. This is, this is dreadful. Look at this. There's no narrative flow. You worked here, and you worked this. What, what did you actually do? He's not telling me anything. 
I'm, I'm starting to wonder if he even worked at these places. What kind of an idiot just writes? It's a bunch of bullet points. He just repeated the same thing four different times. Maybe he's. What has he accomplished? What has he achieved? Why? Why should the plumbing? Why should dual plumbing hire this guy? He's given me no reason to believe that. And there's errors. There's mistakes. The formatting stinks. The font stinks. Everything stinks. And I'm marking up with a red pen. And I'm just going on and on about how terrible this resume is. And then I realized the guy who had submitted the resume was still. He was still in the uh, in the office up in the front talking to the talking to the admin, and it's a pretty small office, and I'm a pretty loud dude, and uh, yeah, I realized that he heard every every goddamn word that I said as I'm just shitting on his resume and how terrible it is. But hey, maybe uh, maybe the good news is he heard every word I said and then went home and fixed his resume because it was it really was hot hot garbage. All right. Uh, let's come back and uh, we'll talk about a few things and then, uh, yeah, whatever. Wrap it up. Ah, welcome back. Hmm. I feel like this song's about to really start rocking. Ah. Yeah. Kent. No, 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 I didn't say that word. I said Kent. All right. I'm really... I'm tired. It's been a long week. I can't... I can't just the longest week. So many ups and downs. But it all ends well for the birthday boy. That's... That's all that matters. As long as I... Make out okay. That's all that matters in the end. Uh, one of the one of the highlights of this week, I, I mentioned a few episodes back that I would be attending All Elite Wrestling AEW and their show in Boston at uh, the Aganis Center, Aganis Arena, whatever it's called. Uh, it's where BU's hockey team plays. And so I went down Wednesday night, took the old green line over, and enjoyed. Uh, a really nice night of professional wrestling. It was the first, let's see, yeah, it was the first non-WWE show that I had ever attended. And uh, it was really, really good. Their second weekly TV show. And uh, AEW Dynam- Wednesday Night Dynamite, on which is on TNT. Get it? TNT Dynamite? That's pretty good. Um, that was awesome. Great, great wrestling... Just great wrestling action for fans of wrestling. You just, man, oh man, the tag team matchups. They had some, you know, they've got some legends who were well known in WWE. They've got you know young up and comers who are going to be big names someday. And a white hot crowd, really good crowd, really into it. I just fucking. I just fucking hate, I just hate wrestling fans. I don't really like, it's weird, when I'm really interested in something, and really into something, and I'm a fan of something, I have zero, less than zero interest in talking to strangers about our shared love or passion for something. So like wrestling, I I don't want to talk to strangers about wrestling. I don't really talk, I I don't, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody about anything. 
Um, but I really, you know, talking to my friends about stuff that I like, that's cool. Video games and wrestling and all that shit, it's, it's, you know, because we've been doing it for decades and decades. But just, like, to sit down, even if somebody's, like, you know, just knows all the same stuff and is into all the same stuff, I, I don't care. I have no interest in talking to a complete stranger about things, even if we both love the same shit. I don't want to know. I don't care. Leave me alone. And so wrestling fans are just weird, and they, they, you know, they pick up on these dopey, like, the last few years, there have been, like, so many chants, you know, like, a wrestling crowd will, you know, start chanting these things, and if a match is really good, they chant things like, this is awesome, you know, fight forever, I can't, I can't do any of that stuff, I can't, I can't chant that, I can't, I can't bring myself to go, Outside of right now, as an example here on the podcast, I can't like in in real life bring myself to go clap 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 clap, and just you know all these chants and I just ugh. wrestling fan. And then there's this guy, and then there's a guy in front of me, this curly headed fuck, this big beard, titties, yeah. And I know I, I get the irony that I'm about to like I'm about to chastise a a curly-headed fat guy with a beard at a wrestling show. I yeah, I know. I know. I'm just yelling into the mirror, right? Yeah. I get it. But this fucking guy, whatever, he's enjoying the show, he's in a great time. He's, you know, he's not being a dick or anything. They finish the TV tape. The TV is over. It's live TV from 8 to 10 p.m. on TNT. The show ends at 10 o'clock. They go off the air and then they give you like another hour of wrestling matches. Just just for the hell of it. You know, a lot of wrestling shows do. They're called dark matches. And, uh, you know, there was a big tag team match. And then I got to see uh, Kenny Omega, who I'm a big fan of. And I was really looking forward to seeing him wrestle live. And he really didn't... He made a brief appearance on the TV show. But you had to sit around and wait if you wanted to see him wrestle. Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela in, a, in an unsanctioned street fight. And they had ladders and going through tables and all kinds of craziness and chaos. It was just delightful. And this kid in front of me, it's a Wednesday, it's a fucking Wednesday night. And it's, a, yeah, it's going on 11 o'clock. This kid's yelling to, into the ring to Kenny Omega to, like, hurry it up because he has work in the morning. He's like, come on, Kenny, I've got work in the morning. Let's wrap it up. Pin him already. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, these guys are putting on, this is like a pay-per-view <laughs> caliber match that they're giving us. As like a bonus, we got to see two hours of great wrestling for live TV, and now we're getting like this awesome, you know, 30-minute insane match with all these crazy wrestling moves that, you know, this is the kind of shit you would see like on a w, like on a pay-per-view. These guys are killing themselves to give us a great show. You know, 10,000 people in this arena, maybe, if that. It's not a big arena. 8,000? I don't know. There's relatively small crowd and they're, they're like, you know, they're going crazy as though there's, you know, 90,000 fans watching an arena and watching on pay-per-view millions watching on, you know, they're, they're doing all this stuff for, you know, for a minimal audience because they care because they love wrestling. They're giving you the show and you're yelling to hurry it up because you have work in the morning. You douche. Then why'd you, it's a Wednesday night, asshole. Like, what about the thing on your ticket that said, you know, doors open at 7.30 and the show goes till 10 o'clock? You, you know, nobody's holding a gun to your head. You can leave. If you're not enjoying these two great wrestlers putting on a show, you can just walk out of here. 
go catch the train. Go back to your widow place, your widow house, and put your widow head on your pillow for Betty Bye, because you got to work in the morning, your big boy job. Like, dude, you came out to wrestling on a Wednesday night. We all have to fucking work in the morning. I was so exhausted the next day. I got like four hours of sleep. But I knew what I was getting into. I could have actually taken the day off if I really thought you know, it was going to be that bad. But I didn't. I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to put on the big boy pants and I'm going to go to, <laughs> go to the wrestling show and not get the usual amount of sleep that I get. And then, you know, I'll kind of make it through the day and then, you know, we'll get back on the routine the next night. And that's probably what most people there did. You know, the three or four other people with a job who uh, attend wrestling shows. And, uh, but this guy's like, I've got work in the morning, Kenny Omega. Who the hell do you think you are putting on this five-star, 30-minute match for us? How dare you? Why don't you think of the fans? We have work in the morning. Get out of here, you curly fuck. God damn. I was so... I just wanted to like slap him in the back of the head. And just be like, then leave. Then leave. How about the rest of us let us enjoy watching a match that's really good, and if you don't like it, get the fuck out of here. And he kept, he kept saying it too. I'm like, what are you... You're like you're trying to be funny? Like, what are you trying to do? What's your end game here? You think, like, Kenny Omega's gonna look up and be like, Oh, shit, man, I didn't realize how... T- I didn't realize it's 10.45. Okay, I'm just gonna let this guy pin me now so you can go home and get your little baby by so you can get up and go to work in the morning and not be tired. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's a Wednesday night. Of course, like, you didn't think this through? It might go late. You might not get the usual night's sleep that you get. You widow sweepy bed. You widow sweepy bye. Fucking baby. Anyway, I, I hate. Not only do I not like talking to strangers about things, even if they're shared interests, I, I loathe wrestling fans. Just in general, the wrestling fan population. I can't stand them. Colin Cowherd. Uh, he probably doesn't anymore because now WWE's on Fox and he has to promote them and have wrestlers on. But he used to call wrestling fans booger eaters all the time. And the wrestling fans would get up, like offended by this. And I'm like, why would you be offended? Like, I don't eat boogers. And I'm a wrestling fan. And so when Colin Cowherd says wrestling fans are booger eaters, it doesn't bother me because I'm like, well, I no, I don't eat my boogers. So, you know, it's not really accurate. And you've got all these wrestling fans. Why call those booger eaters? Like, but you don't, right? If you don't eat boogers, what are you offended about? Uh, but the fact of the matter is, wrestling fans, by and large, are booger eaters. It's a lot more mainstream now, so there's there's not as many of the booger-eating variety as there used to be, but there's, there's still plenty of them sitting there eating bugs, <laughs> yelling about how they have to get to work in the morning. Uh, drive me nuts. Fucking wrestling fans. I really do. I despise wrestling fans. It's the only thing, well, it's, it's the thing about wrestling, the thing about being a wrestling fan that I hate the most, the other wrestling fans. But I want to play you a clip. Uh, this was not on television and this was during the event and I thought it was kind of neat, uh, because Cody Rhodes, who is of course the son of the American Dream, Dusty Rose, 
And uh, I played some of those clips a few weeks ago with Cody and Dustin and Dusty and the whole thing. And, you know, Cody, Cody is one of the executives of the company. Like, he started the company. And so he got on the mic after the cameras stopped rolling and had a few things to say. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Omega. By the way, Cody is pointing to his brother, Dustin, who I played you a clip uh, weeks ago. They had a tag team match together, and Dustin and Cody were out there. They had a little brawl with some of the bad guys. And so Cody points to Dustin, who in WWE was known as Goldust. And he's about 50 years old, and he's still he's still doing it, man. So Cody had this to say. Nice little thank you for the fans. Revolution family cult, cult like, but that's wrestling. That's a lot of fandoms. Kind of all like a cult. Anyway, Justin and Cody hug. And that's it. That's that was nice. And then they got on with some some matches. Alright. That's it. So uh yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was nice. And uh yeah, the whole show, the TV show was great. Oh, some great tag team matches. Oh, the Young Bucks versus Private Party. What a match that was. I didn't really even know who Private Party was, but they were they were on fire. Oh, my God. What an opening match that was. Chris Jericho was... He was on fire on the mic. That was nice. It was a really nice, fun, fun match. And then I got home way too late, and I got to bed way too late, and I was way too tired in the morning. But you know what? I got up like a big boy, and I fucking went to work. Hey, hurry up, Kenny. Finish the match. I want to get home. So I can have my warm milk and a cookie and go to bed. And my mommy can kiss me goodnight. Fucking douchebag. Stop going to wrestling shows. They don't have wrestling shows at 2 in the afternoon on Wednesday. Sorry. You have to stay up late. 
and fucking, you know, be a human being and just like deal with it. You get a couple hours less sleep than the night before. Asshole, you can take the day off maybe. You moron. Yeah, that's wrestling fans for you though. Fucking that's the thing. The wrestling fans also them they're they're the most fickle bunch of assholes you you've ever met. They're never happy. We just we got treated to like this great five star match. It's just oh, there's so many great moments in this match, and then this guy's like, "What? I want to go home, go to bed, and got work in the morning." And you know what? If Kenny Omega came out and wrestled this guy for like a minute and a half and pinned him, he'd be like, "What the fuck? I want a refund. You were supposed to come out and have a thirty minute match. That's not fair." <sighs> the wrestling fan, the perpetual crybaby. Uh, so that was nice of Cody to thank all the big crybabies in attendance who wanted to go home and get to sleep uh, for coming out. It's uh, it's it's neat. It's neat to be there. This it's the second show that they've ever had. Their second TV show. So it was cool to be there. You know, a little little bit of history in the making. Hopefully, they'll be around for a long, long time, and the competition will be good, and everybody will get better as a result. That'd be nice. But it was a great show. Happy to be there. Yeah. Should I do sounding board theater? I don't know. There was one thing. Oh, look at this. I've been recognized as one of Pee Wee Herman's top fans. Well, duh. <laughs> I'm a loner daddy, a rebel. Ah, oh, sounding board theater. Is this it? Hold on. Yeah, sounding board. Sounding board theater. Yeah. I don't know that there's much here, but I just thought, you know. One of the big, uh, a regular complaint on the sounding board is dogs, dogs without leashes, dogs shitting everywhere, dogs shitting in parks, dogs shitting in whatever. Uh, look, I'm fully on board. I fucking, I can't stand, I kind of can't stand dogs, but what I really can't stand is people with dogs who are fucking, you know, they don't belong having, just like, I can't stand kids, but I really can't stand parents of kids. Especially the asshole kids, because, hey, behind every asshole kid is an even bigger asshole parent. Behind every asshole dog is a bigger asshole dog owner. And, uh, frankly, I don't like dog shit. And uh, I don't like it anywhere in a park. And I don't re really, really don't like dogs with no leash. You know, that whole, like, oh, it's okay. They don't... <laughs> they don't bite. She's a nice dog. Like, well, I'm not a nice person. So when you're fucking... This happened one time. Clifton Park. Kins Park. Kins Road Park. I took... We were up visiting when we lived in North Carolina. It was around this time. It was October. I took I took Cameron over to Kins Road Park to go for a nice little walk in the woods. And we're walking along. It's a beautiful fall day. Foliage. The whole thing. It was, it was crisp. And this fucking dog is charging towards us. Towards us. And so I yanked up Cameron and, like, threw her, threw her up on my shoulders. And this dog, you know, and he didn't do anything. He kind of, you know, he was very happy, wagging his tail. But it's terrifying. Especially, like, like I'm, 
I'm an adult, so like the dog is, you know, up to my knee, up to my waist, maybe. Uh, my child at the time was four. No, she was not even four yet. She was three, one, whatever. She was, yeah, she was three going on four. Hadn't even turned four yet. So she's like pretty much eye level with this dog. So you can imagine if you're a grown-ass adult and something's eye level and it's running, sprinting towards you, uh, you know, I'd want to be thrown up on somebody's shoulder too. And then this woman like, oh, it's okay. He's not, he's friendly. He's not mean. Well, how the fuck do I know that? Have we met before? Have I met your stupid dog before? Your stupid fucking ugly face? Have we met before? No. So don't tell me. God damn it. Don't tell me your dog's friendly. Like that means jack shit. Put your fucking dog on a leash, you dumbasses, you stupid fucking idiots. And clean up their shit. If you're going to have a goddamn dog whose purpose in life is to just walk around and shit wherever they feel like it, then you walk around behind them with the stupid bag on your hand and the little tongs and pick up their feces, you moron. Oh, he's friendly. It's okay. It's not okay. The same thing when, like, dogs jump on my children and leave, you know, giant, like, bloody scratch marks on their back. And then the response is... It, he's playing with you. Don't get upset. The dog is playing. I care more about the dog than I do about you. He's just playing. Yeah, but my kid's three and is all of like three feet tall. And the dog on all fours is taller than my child. Imagine if a horse started running and pouncing on you. Except they have like paws and claws and they scratch your arms and your back. It's okay. The horse was just playing with you. Why are you getting so upset? Don't offend my dog, my precious dog. Fuck your dog. Anyway. I guess I'm revealing more about my feelings towards dogs than I had intended to, but you could probably you could probably piece it together. Like, I, I, I forget it. Whatever. I hate dogs. I do. I hate dogs. I can't stand them. I can't stand them barking. I can't stand them wagging their tail. I can't stand them when they're happy. I can't stand anything about them. I just can't stand it. The hair and the fur all over the place. Just any dog. When I see a dog on TV, it's, that's the thing. Not even like, oh, I just don't like dogs up close because I don't want to, like, pet them and all this stuff. No, I can't stand dogs from any distance. I can't, I don't want to watch, you know, cute dog videos. It just annoys me. I don't want to watch the dog, you know, doing, none of it's cute to me. It's just annoying. And that's why I don't have, that's the thing though. I don't like dogs and I don't have a dog. Some people don't like dogs and they have a dog and they treat the dog like shit. And I may not like dogs, but I'm not going to treat them like shit. And when I see somebody, you know, the whole like dog abuse thing, like why do you, why do you have a dog or children or anything like did you just have these things just so you, just to be a dick? Huh. I just, I mean, I hate everybody. I hate, I hate humans. I hate dogs. <laughs> I just don't like, I don't like anyone really. Oh, man. Fucking dogs. So, so yeah, uh, that's, that's my, that's my feeling. Uh, oh yeah. So, so sounding board theater. 
Somebody writes, I am thoroughly disgusted by whomever brings their dogs to this uh, elementary school soccer field, or any public space for that matter, and does not pick up the poop. It is gross and disrespectful to the youth and adults who play on these fields. Have some decency. And the first response, of course, you know, some people are on board with that, some people not. First response is, they should pick up their poop, but look, you're still alive. Amazing. So, like, you know, don't complain. Just just live in a dog shit filled world. You know what? I don't care. I don't care about the rest of this. I don't know. Okay. So, the next person. Because dog's poop carries zoo, zoonotic diseases and transferable intestinal parasites. It irks me to no end. People bring their dogs to my street for them to poop. Best believe I'm coming at you with a bag or a bag full of poo. Wait. So you're going to... Instead of just giving them a bag to clean up the the shit, you're going to have a bag full of shit? You're going to clean up the shit for them? And then throw... It irks me. People bring their dogs to my street for them to poop. Best believe I'm coming at you with a bag or a bag full of... So you're going to take a... Maybe she's going to take a shit into her own bag. And throw it at the that would that's what I've always wanted to do. Like if somebody's you know somebody's dog is shitting on my lawn, I would like to just go and take a shit on their on their front porch or like on the roof of their car or something. I think that's I think that's a reasonable response. Oh, there's Scott Johnson. He always has something good to say. So in response to this woman who said, uh, yeah, it irks me to know when people bring their dogs to my street for them to poop. Best believe I'm coming at you with a bag, or a bag full of poo. Scott Johnson responds, I might stop by to take a poop in your front lawn later. Uh, Yikes, thanks for the heads up. Keep your hygiene habits in mind and avoid dining at Fratello's in the future. And the reason she says that is because Scott Johnson, he works at Fratello's Italian Grill. Hmm. So yeah, I guess don't go to Fratello's because Scotty's over there. Uh, he's taking dumps. I bet you. I bet you Scott has a list. I wouldn't be surprised. A literal shit list. All the all the people who have wronged him, and who's on whom's porches, and now I guess Italian dinners. He's gonna take a shit. Yeah. Because that's, a, yeah, Fratello's. That's the Italian restaurant. A, one of the Italian restaurants. And he uh, evidently works there. And we've never been. We've always wanted to go. Because heard good things. But now that I know that Scott's there taking a shit in everybody's spaghetti as retaliation for dogs pooping in parks, I don't know. I don't, who knows? Who knows with Scott? So to recap, uh, the person doesn't like dogs shitting in the park where the kids are playing soccer. Uh, another woman doesn't like dogs shitting by her house. Scott is going to respond to all of this by taking a by taking a shit uh, on their on their front lawn, and he works at an Italian restaurant, so nobody should go to that Italian restaurant because maybe he's not going to wait to take a shit on your front lawn. Uh, somebody writes, "I'm not sure why they bring their dogs to soccer games. Many people just bring their dogs there to run and play when there are no games because it is fenced in." And Scott writes, "Because." Just like soccer games, they have balls. Okay. Uh, they're dog parks for this reason. Yeah, I mean, it isn't wrong to bring the dog. It's wrong to not clean up the poop. Yeah, 
Although, frankly, you know, why do you have to bring the dog? I, I know, your dog's got to get out and exercise, but like, it's a, what, what if, you know, the dog goes sprinting out on the soccer field because he sees a ball because some asshole didn't put him on a leash? Uh, it's just, don't leave the house. Nothing good happens outside the house. You got dogs shitting everywhere. You got Scott shitting everywhere. It's enough. It's enough. Uh, somebody asked, why were Tigger and Piglet walking around the elementary school soccer fields? They were looking for poo. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, somebody has a meme, autumn dog poop. You know it's out there, you just don't know where. And it's a picture of a dog and a pile of leaves. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's everywhere. The answer is it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm reading the rest of these comments, and they're they're not really that interesting. I think Scott. I think the interesting stuff has happened. Uh, that was Scott Johnson threatening to shit on people's lawns, and now that we know he works at Fratello's Italian Restaurant, uh, don't piss him off if he's your waiter, because we know what he's capable of. All right. Let's wrap it up, shall we? <sighs> I had energy and now it's it's gone away. I was gonna look at some OJ stuff, but I don't think I'm gonna do that. I didn't even look for OJ. Fuck OJ. We've done enough today. So far. Let's see. Let me check my resume submissions just to make sure. Uh, who is this? No. Nothing. So far, nothing, nothing, nothing back on that job that Whiff applied to. Whiff Clomac. We'll see. God, they must be just so busy doing just amazing things at the, that company that they can't bother to respond to uh, what is unquestionably the finest applicant they've ever received the finest application they've ever received the finest applicant who's ever come into their pool of applicants oh well that's that's going to be their loss if they don't uh, if they don't proceed any further with whiff big whiff <laughs> big whiff 69 <laughs> all right uh i do have a i do have a, a cliffy call well, it's, it's without cliff this this podcast wouldn't exist even when I even when I turn Cliff into Whiff Whiff Clomac, that's still I mean without without Cliff Womack, my existence would have no meaning, no purpose. As this podcast certainly wouldn't, that's for sure. All right, I've had enough. I've I've done, I've done enough damage. I've said enough, and uh, now it's time to go, and uh, get on with the weekend. I think yeah, let's do that. Fuck it. Let's get out of here. Uh, remember, gang, email the uh, birthday birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Leave five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. What, what, what else? Google, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Get out there and leave a review. <clears throat> Excuse me. Boy, oh, boy. Leave, leave a five-star if you haven't. That would really be appreciated. And, uh, sh- you know, tell your friends. Tell your friends about the Birthday Boy podcast. That would be really nice, too. I would love that. And I would love you. I would love you so hard. Okay, that's it, gang. Uh, And remember, as always, 
positivity. It's so pointless and so silly and so stupid. It just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It makes no sense. Uh, but, but you know what? <sighs> Kindness. Kindness matters. Yeah, it really does. Okay, that's it. I'm done with you. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next week on another edition of the Birthday Boy Podcast. That's it for me. Talk to you then. Later, Gators.
all the live long day, Cliffy, if you would just call your grandfather or your grandmother. And frankly, I would also like if you could help me try and get to the bottom, or perhaps there's somebody, a responsible party, that could be held accountable and responsible for giving your grandmother the constipation and the gas that's gone on now for some, I don't know, five or six weeks, Cliff. But until, uh, until, until we determine, uh, until we ascertain the source of your grandmother's constipation, I guess we'll just have to assume it was, you know, something entered her system, something entered her, and, uh, and caused that constipation. Who knows what it was, or how many times it entered her. I mean, obviously, you've got you've to eat, Cliffy. Your grandmother had to eat. You know, she had to put lots of things in her mouth over there in Norway, and who knows of all the things that, that entered her mouth, uh, who knows which one caused the constipation and the gas. But I'll keep, I'll keep asking her. She, she seems to not be able to remember. But in any event, Cliffy, uh, your grandmother is feeling much better. We're not going to be parents. You're not going to be an uncle. I'm sorry to tell you that, Cliff, but, but eventually, you know, your grandmother and I will just keep trying. You know what I mean. I'm, uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is I will keep uh, having uh, sexual relations with your grandmother, with your, with your grandmother, Cliff, uh, until such time that perhaps uh, she will produce a child, and I hope it will be a masculine child, Cliffy. That's, that's all I hope for, just like, just like you. And just like all the rest of us Womack men, incredibly masculine, incredibly manly, and lots of chest hair. As you know, I have lots of chest hair, and only a, only a true Womack offspring would have lots of chest hair, Cliff. But I'm afraid that for the time being, uh, the, only, the only delivery that your grandmother has given uh, is a lot, of, a lot of poop. A lot of poop, Cliff. Awful lot of poop. So much poop, Cliff, I can't even describe it. A lot of gas, followed by a lot of poop. But that's uh, that's constipation and old age for you, I suppose, right? Well, anyways, your grandmother, whatever, despite despite the constipation and gas uh, and eventual relief, your grandmother still has talked endlessly about Norway, and she can't wait to get back there as soon as possible although she has insisted that I not accompany her because she said that I wouldn't enjoy uh, a lot of what there is to offer in Norway. She said you have to have a certain taste for certain things and a certain preference for certain experiences and uh, that I wouldn't be partial to those things. I don't know what that means, Cliffy, but uh, I'll, take you, I'll take her word for it. In any event, Cliff, uh, your grandmother and I should be back to having regularly scheduled sexual relations and uh, mucho intercorso, if you know what I mean there, Cliff. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes, I'm sure you do. But if you could call me, we could discuss a lot further and uh, with a lot more detail. Every graphic uh, piece of information that I could provide to you. Okay, Cliffy. Uh, that's it for me. I will talk to you soon. Call me back, Cliffy, you son of a bitch. Okay, this is Grandpa Cliff, 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 Cliff. Call me back, Cliff, Cliff. This is Grandpa Cliff, Cliff. Okay, Cliff, Cliff. Bye, Cliff, Cliff. Bye. Yes, I realized that Grandpa Cliff morphed into Grandma Cliff during that last call. It's a work in progress, okay? Just give me a break. I mean, give Grandpa Cliff a break. We'll get there. Okay, that's all. I just wanted to jump back on and say that. Sorry. Grandpa Cliff 
turn into Grandma Cliff, but it was Grandpa Cliff the whole time. Again, it's a new, it's a new voice. It just, it'll get there. Okay, that's all. See you next time.